Um, we'll get our stuff set up. Genesis chapter 1. We, last week we covered one and a half verses. Uh, no, we actually did our introduction, so we had a good bit of other things to lead up to all that. So just to make things simple, uh, we're going to read all first 10 verses of Genesis 1. And I will just very, very quickly review a couple key points from last time. And then we'll jump into the second part of verse 2 and Take it through there bit by bit. Genesis 1, 1 through 10. Uh, this is the first time, I think I mentioned this last week, first time I've taught through or preached through this. Uh, certainly, I think I've been in Genesis 3, and I've done some things later in the book, but this section is um, very foundational, of course. Uh, do we have a couple readers today? Verse, first 10 verses, maybe split it into two or three, depending on who we have here. All right, Alice is one. Do we have one more? Deborah. Okay. So, uh, Alice, why don't you read the first uh, five verses? And then, Deborah, if you would read the second five. So, one through ten. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, we ask that your word would have free course. Help me as I teach. Uh, Help us as we um, understand these verses. And may they move our hearts to worship you, to rejoice in you. May they also help us know how to um, live in our world and to give you the glory that you're due. Um, I thank you for the truth that they contain. And would you use them in our hearts today? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, the first, the two things I wanted to quickly cover is that in verse 1, we saw a number of different elements or details that we saw God creating, and what were some of those details? Do you remember what they were? Matter was one. All right, what's another one? Energy. What's another one? Space is one, yeah. And time is the other one. All right, so with the word beginning, we find the idea of time. With the word heaven, we have the word space. With the word earth, we have matter. And with created, we have energy. So we have all of these different elements. Then in verse 2, we said that the phrase, the earth was without form and void. And so we kind of said that that was a rough uh, outline. So without form references kind of the, the types of things that were created in days one through three. And then void has the idea of empty. 
and we talked about them being filled with objects created on days four through six. So it's, again, a little bit of a rough, I think one of those days kind of might be split between the two, but it's, it's the general idea that we have without form and void. So God formed things with all that he created, and then he filled those things with, with objects, okay? So as we pick up in verse 2 where we left off, uh, we have the rest of the verse says, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And con- considering this idea of darkness, um, we, we need to ask, what is darkness? The absence of light, right? So there's a sense in which darkness is, is nothingness or lack, and then light is presence uh, or, or something that is in taking the place of that darkness. So it says that darkness was on the face of the deep. Because remember, thus far in creation, light has not been created. So we have these other elements that we talked about in verse 1, but at present there's darkness. And it says it was on the face of the deep. And again, we can only imagine that the deep must refer to matter, the matter that he created, and there was this darkness over everything. And so we, you have uh, the earth and then whatever that looked like. And then you have darkness over everything. And so, uh, again, there's no man to see this or to watch this, right? But there's darkness and there's all these uh, details here. But then it goes on to say the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, Well, that's interesting because water we haven't really seen yet. And again, it must be included with this idea of matter. All right. And so the earth would have had water and perhaps soil either mixed together or floating around or however it was there. We have darkness over all of this. And then it says the spirit of God, uh, what's the phrase, moved on the face of the waters. Um. So we have God's Spirit interacting with the creation, right? Because earlier we said that you have God and He creates, and so there's an idea of separate from it. But now already in verse 2 we have God inhabiting, dwelling in, or moving on the creation that He has already made. And so clearly we know God's not done, but we just know that because we've read the story before and here we are, proof of it. But God started with the very elemental basics and he built upon it as he moved forward. Um, the idea of moved, some people understand the idea that, that uh, hovered, some people use the word hovered, some people even think of the idea of vibration or, or moving, like active movement upon the waters. Um, the idea that this is the breath of God or wind is not very strong. It, it does have the idea it's God's spirit, not just wind or something, as some people try to say it. So, so we have a formless and a void earth. We have darkness covering the what's called the face of the deep, and then you have the Holy Spirit uh, above it or, or hovering above this, this water. Um, and again, you know, we're all trying to kind of like picture this, right? Like, how, what, what does this look like? You know, we, we wish we had a, a video. Maybe one day God will show us what it looked like. I don't know, but um, but this is how uh, the, the first creation began, and, and it's almost as if um, 
All of this, in, it would appear, took place on day one, if we understand all this as one, one big unit, which I do. So it says, uh, verse, was well, there any questions before we go to verse three? Questions or comments? Yes, Jeremiah, Pastor Jeremiah. I don't, we don't really hear it, Tim. Can you turn it up a little bit? Okay, go ahead. Um, there we go. The darkness, I guess God created the darkness, right, in a sense? Yes, there is a sense in which you would say God created it. it again, it could be just the idea of space that has nothing inhabiting it, right? Emptiness. Right. Right. So. Okay. That answers my question. Yeah, yeah, so I would understand it in that, that sense. And we did talk briefly about this last time. I guess we'll get there uh, in, in the moment. So is there any other question or comment in verse 2? Okay. All right, verse 3 then says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. One thing I just want to point out to you as we work through this is, look, look how uh, verse 3 begins. It says, And God said... Look at how verse 4 begins. And God saw, verse 5. And God called, verse 6. And God said, verse 7. And God made, verse uh, 8. And God called, verse 9. And God said. You see, the pattern is, who's the, who's the only player here? God. Right? There's no one else. Right? There's, not, there's, there's no one else. Now, some people ask, when were angels created? And when, when were you know, other things created? And so on. I tend to think... Now, again, we don't know for sure because the Bible doesn't say, but the Bible does say they're ministering spirits sent forth to them which shall be heirs of salvation. So if, if one of the, at least one of the purposes of angels was to minister to man, you would think that God maybe possibly wouldn't have created them before he created man, that he would create a man and then the spirits. But we don't know the precise timeline. Uh, I tend to put it later in, in the creative um, series of things, but, but some people would, would see it as before. Anyway, one, another reason I think that it certainly is not before verse 1 of Genesis is because angels have a, a destination, and one day they're going to be in hell. Like, they, they do inhabit some sort of space, right? And so, I don't, I don't believe it could be before Genesis 1-1, okay? So, um, again, a little opinion there, but the point is God Said, God is saying, let there be light. He's the one acting. He's the one moving. There's no one else. Let there be light. And there was light. And it's the, the, the word is just that God spoke. He uttered. He, he bid it to be so. And as I thought about this, there was, there was no one to see that light except God. There was light. And God saw that the light was there. And the only record we have of this is God himself because there's no one sitting beside taking notes, right? And so this clearly is God giving his own account, if you will, of how this unfolded. Um, and so when it says God that there was light, we need to be aware that it's not saying that God created the sun because the sun is not yet created. So the sun is created further down, and this kind of brings out something that so often in our life, we think of light equals sun, right? Now, for a long time, that was, you know, there's 
candles and sun, right? And that was all there was. And now we have bulbs. And so we might think of artificial and natural lighting and all that. But the Bible says that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so we have the darkness and we have the light. And again, there is matter that he's created inhabiting this space. And this light is in that space, and it apparently, in some form or fashion, is upon the earth. Some people think that this light simply came from himself, because he is light. The Bible says God is light, and there is, in him is no darkness at all. Um, and so, you know, this phrase, let's see here. Um, the thing that I want us to consider is how I'm trying to make sure I'm not jumping ahead here. Okay, we'll, we'll wait till it says he called it good, which is uh, still coming in verse 4. It was called good. But, but the darkness and the light were separate. They were divided. And the Bible uses the terms of light and darkness. But along with light comes another thing that we see in science. And what often comes with light? Color, okay, that's very true. Because in darkness, you have no color, right? The absence of light is no, there's nothing. But, and then with light, you have color. What else did I hear back there? Heat, that's right. That's the thing I was thinking of, but maybe we can write heat and color, all right? Probably came into being with this light. And so if you, um, light generates heat, and the absence of, of light is very cold. Um, there's an absence of heat. So this darkness, um, the darkness would have had probably a cold with it, and then along with the light, we would assume would come heat. Do you know how hard people have to work to create light? You know, it took humans how many thousands of years to come up with incandescent light bulbs? But I was even thinking of like the atom bomb. You know, when the atom bomb goes off, there's a bright flash of light. How long does that light last? It's very short, right? It's one flash of light. And you know all the effort and all the money and all the people that have to work together to make all that happen. And you have this one flash of light and it's gone. But the Bible says that God created light and there was light. And it doesn't just mean there was a flash of light and then there was nothing, right? It means there was light and there kept on being light. Because light as a thing has now come to be. And so the, you know, the energy, we talk about the energy that the sun puts off and how it's burning off all of this, right? That kind of takes us back to this concept of energy because if God can create light, and it, there's light from stars, there's light from the sun, he himself is light, and all that's coming out of him and all that's being created shows his, his power that humans have to work very, very hard to just get these little pathetic duplicates of, right? Um, and so there is, there is a big contrast on display here. Um, okay, any other questions or comments before we move on? Yes, Deborah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Who's after Deborah? Um, and, and here? Okay. So we'll go from Deborah to Alice to, um, to Jeremiah. I was thinking back to the first verse, in the beginning... And when I think about God moving upon the face of the deep, this was even after, I guess, at the beginning, because <laughs> he already had started some of mm -hmm. it. But I'm like, well, what was God doing forever and ever before? Mm. 
like, was he just hovering about? But then I thought of the verse, how he ordained Jesus before the foundation of the world. Yes. And, like, it wasn't just the spirit. Jesus would have been somewhere, and mm -hmm. the Father. Yes. And in the beginning was the beginning of what we know. Like, when was, was there heaven, or were they just there fellowshipping with each other, and then it's just an interesting thought. Yeah. It is hard to to know, and you know, sometimes you're like, well, has there been other creations of God, or has there been other, like, what did he do before? But we do know that Jesus said the glory that he had with the Father before the world was, and he's, I think he mentions the love of the Father, and so God, I think there's maybe a sense in which we could imagine, at least, that God was satisfied with himself, <laughs> um, and he wasn't maybe needing, you know, God doesn't need so it's kind of a poor use of words anyway, but uh, we don't know what was before time, right, and what was before all of these things, other than we know that God, God was there. So, um, and I think there's a couple other verses that might inform a little bit, you know, and we certainly know Christ was there because in the beginning was the Word, right, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. So, um, a good, a good uh, question that doesn't have an easy answer, right? All right, Alice will be next, um, and then... Pastor Jeremiah. I guess I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. Um, and there was light. And you said that's not the sun, which it's not, because the greater light and the lesser light mm -hmm. was later on. We're added later. But would that be like, I don't know, just like in the universe? I mean, how much of our universe is around the sun or what have you? I guess I'm mm -hmm. showing my lack of science. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, we really don't know, and I want to say scientists don't know exactly what light is. Like, mm. we talk about it and we reference it, but they don't actually know what it is as an essence. Like, they can't break it down. And so the, you know, and isn't that interesting that the very first creation of God, light, is so mysterious and yet so needful and so foundational to our existence. Um, you know, try to imagine a world that has no light. Right. I mean, would we even call that living? I mean, to not have light of any sort. I don't, I don't just mean the sun, but I mean any sort of light. Like if none of us had any sort of light, life couldn't exist, right? Plants couldn't grow. People couldn't function. Like nothing would work. And so, you know, there's obviously a sense that God is starting with the most basic of elements and he's building to a more specific thing. So as far as where this light was, it in my opinion, it was in the space, and it was probably shining upon the matter, at least sometimes, um, as we'll see here in just a minute. So we don't know how that was, if, if half the universe was light and half was dark, which it'll say he separated them, right? Um, but uh, again, it's a little, little beyond our minds. So, All right, Pastor Jeremiah. The, you, you referenced the verse that says that God is light. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't create um, these forms of light as we know them yet, mm -hmm. then it makes a lot of sense that, you know, the darkness, God lives outside of, of his creation. Mm -hmm. And so he creates this world, but it obviously is in an isolated place. Like God exists you know, outside of space and all of that, but he mm -hmm. created this world, this universe, somewhere in space, in, in, yeah. So not necessarily outside of himself, 
But um, so anyway, he, but he was already light where he was existing right? mm-hmm. because he is light. Yes. So it's almost like, you know, it, it doesn't say that he created the light. It just says he said, let there be light. Mm, so it's almost like true. he released the already existing himself, light. The, his light uh-huh. upon the world. Yes. And so the light that came to be before the creation of the light sources as we know it mm-hmm. was just himself allowing him allowing himself to shine through into this new world that he created. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought about that. And I wanted you to remember this. John 1 says, all things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And then it goes on to say this, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light of men. And I, I don't know if this is 100% connected to this, but it is true that our hearts have an electric pulse that regulates our heart. And electricity and light are very, very connected. So... I don't know, like, it's just, it's certainly interesting, but the point is, the light may not have been newly created, but may have just been manifested into the space that was was created. And it could be, too, that God, and I don't know, again, how this all works, not knowing, uh, knowing so little as I do of God, but if God took some of his own light and put it into creation as though it were, you know, it became separate from him or less connected from him or something, I... I don't know, again, some of these things are a little out there, but light and day, darkness and, and night, as he'll say in just a moment, um, the fundamental pieces of our reality were put together. All right. John 1, uh, four, uh, 3 and 4. Yeah, Gospel of John. Okay, let's go on to verse 4 now. Verse 4 says, God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Okay, so notice that it says God saw the light. God saw. No one else saw, but God saw the light. But he didn't just see it that it existed, but now it says he saw the light that it was good. Now that's an interesting choice of words. Good. And again, we must ask the question, how is it that we have something this early in creation that is already called good. And what's the opposite of good? We usually think of as bad, right? And what, like, what is the thought process there, or how, what is the meaning there, is what, I, what I'm saying. God saw that the light was good. And there's a whole lot, but that word good is like a, um, how do I phrase it in my notes? The word good is a moral uh, ethical statement or a moral ethical evaluation, right? And it's like, how, like, there's no sin in the world, right? There's no world. I mean, there's, there's matter, right? But, but there's no sin uh, that's, that's affected all of this. But I believe, as I see it, is that if God is light, and if the light came from God, and if darkness is simply the absence of light, then we have God saying that this light of mine is good in comparison with the darkness or the absence of light. Putting all this together, the point is that light and darkness are often used in the scripture, often, in many, many places, as uh, pictures or parallels of God trying to, to um, I don't know, 
I guess, to distinguish between good and evil or right and wrong, kind of as an analogy. So one of the verses that came to my mind earlier is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 4, 6. But are, are there some other scriptures that come to mind about light and darkness? I, the Lord, create. All right. It says there that God creates the light and the darkness. All right. Okay. All right. That would be um, in First John. First John chapter 1. Um, maybe it's not 1. I think it is 1. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, right? Um, any other verses that come to mind with regard to light? How about, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works? Yes, Tim. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Um, I, I was thinking of this. Do you remember in Revelation where it says that the new Jerusalem comes down and it says there's no night there? There's no night there. And again, I think that fits this parallel where God, early, right away in the scripture, says that light is good. It's the first thing that the Bible calls good is light. And I think it's a setup for the rest of the scripture to help us understand that when God calls something good and right, it's good and right. And that that's a picture for what God is doing and what God wants for us and God's will and God's working and God's plan. And darkness is a picture of the absence of God, disobedience to God and ignoring God and not having God in your life, right? So they, it's uh, kind of like a word picture that very early the Bible um, inserts right into our thinking. God saw the light that it was good, and then it says, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now again, I don't know, I don't know how this worked, but this division, I don't know if it means that they were not divided before he divided them, as though they were mixed, or how this exactly means, but it says God divided the light from the darkness. And you know that works today too. You can't have light and darkness all in one space, can you? If there's light, you, you might say, I need more light, right? But you would you'd never just say, I have darkness and light all at the same time. They've been divided the one from the other. However, some people think this word divided is not a reference to space, but it's a reference to time. He divided the time of the darkness from the time of the light. And so instead of it, again, being spatial, it's a reference to time. And I tend to think of this because of what it says next. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. See that? So, um, again, God took action to separate the darkness from the light, and to have a, a distinction between the two, that they would not be mixed together, but they would be separate. I mean, I don't know if you could imagine having you know, two hours of light and then two hours of darkness and then two hours of light and then, you know, uh, they're, thankfully, it's much longer seasons, right? We have 12 hours and 12 hours and it's perfectly balanced out, right? Um, so verse four, God divided the light. Let's do verse five and then we'll take any questions. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So th again, this is the first time we have God calling, giving a name to something. So God called, and he's 
naming. Who is going to do some of the naming later? Adam will do some of the naming of the animals later. But God began the process of naming. And so giving a name to something is what God did here. And you know what happens when you name something? It means that you're going to use that to reference things. And it's a frame of speech, right? It's a way of communication. And in a way, we see God here preparing to communicate with whom? Not with himself. He was good at that already, right? With Adam and Eve, right? With humanity. God is already giving labels and putting names on things so that he can communicate with man. And the first thing he wanted communicated is that there's day and that there's night. The most fundamental of pieces of of the reality that we have. Um, Then it says the evening and the morning were the first day. So we have the first day, I believe, being summarized in all of these verses um, from verse 1 all the way down to verse 5. Now we need to have a little bit of conversation, explanation around this word day. Seems pretty straightforward, but... um, More recently, in the last 150 years or so, people have wanted the word day to have various meanings. And I think I want to ask a question to get us started. We need to be real honest here. Does the Bible have more than one definition for the word day? The answer is yes, it does. More than one definition for the word day. So let's take them one at a time. What's the most usual definition? What's that? Okay. 24 hours. We'll talk about that in a minute. What's the, what's the not-as-usual definition? A time period? Okay. We have a time period. You also said a thousand years, right? And where would we find that? Yeah, it's in Second Peter. Second um, Peter 3, I believe. We'll put 1,000 years here. Okay. And... Uh, is there any other definition for day that we can think of besides these two main ones? Like an era? Or a, fu- a future era? Okay, yeah. Right. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, right? So, for most of church history, people always understood it this way. But then when Darwin came along and there was talk of you know, evolution long periods, a number of people tried to look to these ideas as the way to understand the word day. And I want to ask, is, is there a contextual explanation of what was involved in the first day? There is. What is it? Evening and morning. Now when we think of evening and morning as making the first day, which of these does that point us to? This one right here, okay? Um, We don't think of evening and morning as a thousand years. Now, you might have a really bad day. And when you have a really bad day, you might feel like evening and morning is a thousand hours or a thousand years. Um, But I want to think about a couple other things. The term evening, how do we understand the term evening? We have evening and morning making up the days, making up this term day. What do these mean? Now, in our modern context, the word morning is usually like sun up till noon, right? We'd say morning. Well, evening, 
Again, sometimes we use evening as when the sun is fading, right? But when he just got done saying that he divided the light from the darkness, how do we understand these two things? Evening is the darkness, right? And morning is the light, okay? So what we have is a time of light that on both sides of it has darkness, and a time of darkness that on both sides of it has light. And again, this points us to a normal understanding of the word day. But there's another verse that helps me understand this. And that is in Exodus 20, God gave the, the Ten Commandments. Do you remember that? Do you remember he, the fourth commandment is what? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And he gives an explanation for why they are to honor the Sabbath day. And what does he say? Because God created the heaven and earth in six days. And he's telling them that the seventh day is when God rested, so the seventh day is when they're supposed to rest. You know, if the seventh day Sabbath was a thousand years, that might put me in a, in a restful place for a while, wouldn't it? Um, but if it means normal 24-hour days, then that's very understandable to us, right? But if it means thousand-year segments, how would you apply that to the Sabbath day then, right? God's use of it in Exodus 20 makes it very clear to me that he's paralleling what happened there in, in creation. So the other thing I want to ask us is when we calculate a day, how do we calculate a day? You say, it's 24 hours. Well, this is the way we calculate a day in reference to time. But is there a solar definition of a day? Sunrise to sunrise is one complete day and night, right, altogether. How long does that take? 24 hours. But actually, it's 23.934 hours. It's a little hair short of 24 hours. And how do we reckon that in our... By Jeremiah. Your birthday's on leap year? It's the 29th of February. I don't know if I've ever met one. I've, I've met one other person that has your birthday. Anyway, um, so you don't get a birthday most years. That's rough. That's right. You just get forgotten. Oh, <laughs> you get to do both sides. Um, but my point is simply this. It's possible that the earth has slowed down a little bit since it first started spinning. I don't know if they can calculate if it's slowing down or if it's maintaining its speed perfectly. I don't know. But if, if it did slow down a little bit, you know, in theory, it could have been 24.1 or, you know, a little bit more. But it's still this, this same idea, right, of except for one thing. There was no sun and there was no globe going around it yet, right? <laughs> right? So that solar reference didn't apply. It didn't apply at all. And so that's where I simply understand God ordained the day and the night and the darkness and the light. And so what we experience today is set up by his pattern that he set up before there ever was a sun. And he gave us this first day, and he called it the first day. Um, and that's, that's where it leaves us there. Any question or comment on? All right, Deborah will be first. Is there anyone after Deborah? Okay, uh, Pastor Jeremiah will be next, so when she's done, you can. I just have been curious, why does it say evening and morning and not morning and evening? Is that just a cultural thing that they would put one before the other? Because we always start our days in the morning, not the evening. Yeah. 
Well, I do wonder if, if you look at the creation order, it says that there was darkness on the face of the deep, and then it says God created light. So it could be that that is why. Um, it could be that the Hebrews reckoned their day that way, but I would maybe put more weight on the, just the order of creation, perhaps. Uh, all right, Pastor Jeremiah. Oh, okay. Must have been real, real deep. Oh, okay. Esther will be next. Well, I just heard as a mother that the best preparation for the next day is the evening before. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yes. And he was, he was preparing. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. Interesting. Starting with the, the nighttime. Now he remembered. All right. So the darkness, you were saying, you were paralleling, you were saying how God created light that was good. And by implication, you're mm -hmm. saying the darkness is evil. I, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't use that word, but that idea, yes, bad. He said good and bad. So if God created light and darkness, mm -hmm. he didn't create anything evil. Right. I guess I would understand it better that he created the darkness in order to have this parallel that you're contrast. talking about. Yeah, the contrast, sorry, mm -hmm. that you're referencing. Like, it seems that he clearly wants that contrast to exist mm -hmm. for the purposes are of our life. Yeah. Like, even he uses it in scripture in a spiritual way. Yeah. But that the darkness in and of itself isn't actually evil. Would that... Yes. I, again, remembering what darkness is, is simply the absence of light. Yeah. It's not active, present evil, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think of Satan or something, right? It's not that. I think it's just that which is not God and that which is not a reflection of God at this point of creation, right? We have the light, if we understand it, came from him directly. And then we have this space that is void of this light or lacking this light, right? Um. So, you know, again, I don't think when it says God created the darkness, it's not saying God created evil. It's saying God created the darkness, right? And it, the text does not say that here. It just says the, he called the light good, right? It doesn't say, and he called the darkness bad. It doesn't say that. And that's where, again, viewing it as the absence, the, the term giving the idea bad was more to the idea of how it's used throughout Scripture, right? Walking in the light, he's in the light, and, you know, we were in darkness before we were saved, and then you know, we have our eyes opened, that sort of thing. Yes? Well, at the very end of creation, he looked at it and he saw that everything was good, and if darkness was part of the creation, it can't have been bad. That's true. That's a very good point, too. God's called everything good. So, very good point to bring up. Uh, all right, let's do one more verse, and then we'll wrap up. And this is verse number six. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Okay, now let me just point out that later when we find earth or soil, um, verse 9, it says, God said, let the dry land appear. So let the waters under heaven be gathered to one place, let the dry land appear. So understanding the idea that God created the matter and that there was earth was without form and void, and there was water, we know there's water, and then later it says, let the dry land appear. I imagine, this is again just me, how that the soil or the earth, as you think of it, would have been under the waters, perhaps, or mixed in with the water. Um, 
and then later it says, let the dry land appear. He doesn't, it, does, it uses the word appear. So in this verse, it says, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So God says that there should be a firmament. Well, this firmament idea is the idea of a space or a gap or a um, distance. And the root word of it means to spread out, like some people have called it an expanse. And we have water, and then he says there should be an expanse or a gap, and then there will be water again. And it says in the midst of the water, so in the middle of the waters there will be this gap. And I understand this to be the, the air, oxygen we might think of it as, that surrounds the earth, and at one time there was water on top of that, and then there was the water that was below that. Remember, dry land hasn't appeared yet, but it will, and it will come, in my opinion, up and out of the water. So God says, let there be this space, this gap. And what he's talking about here is what we call the first heaven, because the, he- the Bible uses the term heaven in three different ways. The first heaven is the sky, like we think of it. The, we might use the word atmosphere. And then the second heaven, second heaven is like where the stars are, are what we call um, in the universe or in outer space. That's a good, good phrase there, outer space. I saw someone pulling, pulling through. Can you see if they parked or if they just, maybe they went on their way? The third heaven then we understand to be where God, where God resides or where God is um, in his direct presence. So uh, my point is that this first heaven, the sky, is created here in verse 6. A firmament in the midst of the waters, let it divide the waters from the waters. So we have a division of night and day, or darkness and light, and now we have a division of water from water with this area called air, oxygen, atmosphere. Um, also, let me just point out that these first, second, and third is not the order of creation, right? That's not how the numbers work. The first, second, and third is just in relation to us, in relation to humanity. The first heaven is closest, the second heaven is next closest, and the third heaven is furthest away. So it's not the order of creation. Um, and again, this atmosphere still exists. We still breathe it. We have it. We use it today. And without the atmosphere, we would all be in trouble because the temperature that we can maintain on the Earth is because there is an atmosphere. And all the other planets have nothing of that sort, and so the temperatures vary drastically, and they have a very different makeup because they don't have an atmosphere like we do. Um, We understand, I understand at least, that this water above um, came down when the flood uh, happened. We'll get to there in Genesis 6. All right, so is there any questions or comments on verse 6? As we close. Okay. All right. Well, again, I think kind of the question is of application. What does this mean for us? What does this, um, how does this help us know God or live for God? What are the ways that we would apply this in any way, shape, or form? Yes. Oh, she had already given up the uh, thing. Is there anyone after him? Okay, go ahead. I, as I, as I think about this, and 
especially, you know, I was thinking about how God is going to make the dry land appear mm-hmm. eventually. And the, you know, in, in a sense, he just did all of it in, in the blink of an eye, like outside of time. But mm-hmm. in our sense of it, like he formed everything with his own hands, with his own mind. Like mm-hmm. the, and I know that the flood did some things to the earth and, and things of that sort. But I mean, you have all of these different areas, these different types of land. You have mountains, you have hills, mm-hmm. you have you have the grasslands and the deserts and the rainforest and all the every, every little mountain and hill, mm-hmm. river and valley, like he intricately designed this whole world that we live on. Yeah. And even even with the destruction that the flood brought, it brought still more beauty. You know what mm. I mean? And um, it's just amazing the care that he put into yes. creating the world that we live in. Yes. And it shows, I mean, his care and love for mankind was revealed further in the future with the giving of his son for us. But even just here at the very, very beginning, the care that he put into the world that we would, that mil- billions of people would live on mm-hmm. over the course of time. It's just very, yeah. you know, special. Yeah. That phrase, I can't remember if it came up in, in this, these verses, but the phrase, and it was so, and it was so. That has the idea that it happened, but again, there's this idea of continuation. And God set up our world. All the scientific laws, the law of gravity, and the law of us going around the sun, and all sometimes these things that we take for granted, God set that up. So we see his perfection, we see his precision, we see his wisdom. And, you know, when God does things, he does them well. God saw that it was good, right? And so we need to agree with God that his ways are good, and what he's given us is good. To have a night and day is good, and it's of the Lord. A time we sleep and a time we don't sleep. Um, To have... um, you know, the air that we breathe, it is good. So I think we just see that we have a God that is maybe better than we sometimes imagine as we meditate on these things because we take them for granted. All right, anyone else? All right, Deborah. Um, just to know where we came from makes a world of difference. Mm. People out there who think we came from monkeys or a puddle of whatever. Spinning dot, yeah. Like there's no purpose in that. And yes. just to remember where we come from, like, if we care, that really changes our whole life. Yes. And also, it gives us a glimpse of the future and what God we're going to return to someday. And mm. that's also exciting to see what a glorious God that someday we're going to get to be with. Yes. Yeah, we live in a world broken by sin, but we can still see God's hand on it, right? We can still see beauty, but we know that it will even get better. The other thing is just that God called the day or the darkness night and he called the, the light um, day. And again, the idea of him calling it says that he wants to communicate. Like he wants to be able to speak back and forth in terms that we can understand. And thankfully he's done that, right? And we have his word and we know. And the whole reason we're talking is he's communicated, right? The whole reason we can share all this is he's communicated in his word and we're communicating it here today. So we have a God that wants to speak. Okay, let's close in prayer. Um, Brother Kagan, would you pray?